We're doing villains now, I'm Dracula. Villains. Dracula. Welcome to Pass the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie Awards podcast where we go through the films nominated for MTV Movie Awards and all the various categories and try and figure out who really should have won. Unless we decide to do something different. <laughs> I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert. I'm Ben Gregg, and I am a certified scream head this week. I am the biggest scream fan there ever was. Yeah. And villain expert. And villain expert. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear that because yeah, because this week we're doing something a little, a little different. There, we we're doing what we call Scream Week. So, uh, for reasons that, I mean, I wanted to do this episode at some point before our 1997 record got delayed, but then once the 97 record got delayed, it it just kind of synced up to do it like now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I'll, I'll I think I explained, explained this a bit last week, but basically what is kind of going on here is we are looking, is, is typically we cover, yep, we've been covering the best villain nominees for specific years, but, um, uh, but occasionally now and, now and then, like, cause, cause every year there's something where like, oh, this seems like a, a snub or an oversight, but sometimes you have an oversight so big you just kind of have to correct it. Uh, p- people who have been listening since Best Kiss might remember our classic host choice episode where we gave Twilight Breaking On Part 2 its due after it got largely snubbed. And in this case, yeah, and, and this week here, we're kind of looking at, um, I think, one of the iconic kind of horror villains of the past, you know, 25, 26 years or so. But yet, one who's n- never... Re- really got in a ton of MTV Movie Award nominations for, well, possibly just to preserve the mystery, but I think there are, like, way, ways around it. We're looking at the Scream films, the first of which won Best Movie at the MTV Movie Awards 1997, and was even the, su- the subject of a spoof where host Mike Myers calls Drew Barrymore and just does sc- scream taunting with her. Um, yeah. <laughs> just a yeah, funny little gag. Um, you also sent me one where they did a seven gag, which was with William Shatner. Yeah, William. Uh, he is. <laughs> he just plays every character in that scene. And it's just little references to his roles. And the person in the box is William Shatner, but one who sings from his music careers. <laughs> <It's... laughs> oh, it's 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 really good. Um, yeah. It's very very good. Allow me to go, oh, I guess I should see what little, like, clips and video things or they do for the MTV Movie Awards there, because those are apparently easier to find than the actual, like, awards and presentations, just... Yeah, little skits, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, this whole sort of Scream Week, 
was yeah inspired of course because we feel like scream uh got kind of snubbed in in never getting a villain nomination um despite being like so iconic um and we like there's there might be a couple reasons it might just be like an oversight like we've definitely had plenty of like super obvious omissions in the past um, it could also just be because, like, oh, they don't want to spoil the actual villain of, like, the mo- or the the Scream movies, because that's sort of, like, the point of them, usually. That's, like, a, a key a key aspect of them is, like, the, the mystery part of it. Yeah, it, for, for whatever the reason, it seems kind of weird, weird, because even in other categories, like, Scream, for a film that was a pretty big deal in terms of kind of not just in terms of not just kind of sort of pivoting or the direction of horror movies from onwards but also in inspiring like kind of the wave of like teen movies that hit in the late 90s there it's funny that i mean it does again it it gets some mtv movie awards recognition there like Nev Campbell gets nominated for her yeah, performance in Scream, and I think she actually wins for Scream 2, maybe. But And Scream wins Best Movie, so that's nothing to, to sneeze at, but... Yeah. But, like, the spirit of Scream, of course, lies in, lies in the classic character Ghostface, uh, played by, yeah, Roger... Yeah, Roger L. Jackson, and then... Well, yeah, Ben, I guess... I mean, I really figured this out because I was trying to keep you in the dark as possible about who the killers are on this thing. When we're doing our, our rankings there, do we want to do, like, all the killers individually or do we want to do them in their, like, teams? I us- Yeah, usually in their in their teams uh, is usually the way that I... That's how, at least how I rank them because I feel like it gets really difficult. Because, um, like, some people have, like... Some people have, like, a really strong one person, but then the other person kind of lags. And I feel like that's not super. I'd rather just give them a group grade. You know, they they wanted to murder people together. They get to be graded <laughs> together. Oh, that is great logic. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also, like, like, um, I know there's like a there is a unspoken spoiler warning for all of our episodes. But like, I really do implore people that like I would say that like a lot of the charm of Scream is like the mystery. Um, even when it's not super fair, um, I don't think it's really ever fair who it is. Like maybe there's YouTube videos going every clue that you missed. Um, but like I, we do implore, uh, please go watch every single Scream movie before. If, if you truly want to get like the full Scream experience or like wait like a year after listening to this, um, and hopefully forget who, cause like a lot of like, I feel like some movies, the twist is like, oh, who cares? And like, it's super enjoyable without that. But I feel like a, a huge part of Scream, like, is finding out who did it by the end. Um, like, even if it, even if it like makes no sense and still could have been anybody, um, it's still like, it's still like, it's part of it. It's it's part of its identity, a hundred percent. Yeah, and I'll say I have seen like a, cu- I have seen like a couple or a couple of these Scream movies the first time I went in just knowing who the killer was for. Like what? Whatever reasons, and it's fine. It's do doable, but yeah, just proceed with caution, per- uh, particularly for Scream Five, which is gonna be like the most recent thing we've covered on this podcast. Because 
was literally in theaters like January and is just kind of <laughs> now out there for <laughs> rental and purchase and uh pirating but <laughs> it is it is weird i i bought it on youtube like a good boy oh good um, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> yeah like um and like i guess that yeah like one thing i'd like to note is that like it is it is really admirable how cohesive it all feels um like these all feel like scream movies and i feel like there's like whether you like or hate scream movies that's super true and that I feel like I could watch all five of these in a row. And, like, I didn't really get any, like, whiplash of, like, wow, this really doesn't feel like like a Scream movie. Um, like, it's weirdly enough, like, I feel like the one that feels... I guess none of them feel like the least like a Scream movie. But, like, the ones that do, I think, would probably be within the original trilogy. Like, the, the two sort of, not really reboots, but continuations decades later, like both feel right at home in the in the scream pantheon yeah which which is equally impressive because i was telling you a bit off off mic a bit but the scream movies have famously like trouble productions where like i think with all of them except for maybe are the the first scream and then i believe the last scream though i if any though that that one like we're still finding stuff out, out about there but there's always there's like been various like villa like script changes and like fake scripts and stuff and pages getting kind of rewritten on the day and all these like different versions floating around and real world events like Scream Three for example was originally supposed to go back to like the town but then Columbine happened and it was very and yeah and Scream was one of those movies that I think unfairly bore like some things where people are like oh. They were motivated by these movies about te- about teens who kill people because they were inspired by movies. Just yeah, it's just like it's it's one of those like weird things where like it's I feel like even the movies commentate on them a little bit. Um, it's just like there's cl- I think crap. I'm not super familiar with movies, um, but I know for video games, there's like I don't think there's been any like correlative research uh directing it to like violence i think there is one directing it to aggression but like not like outward violence and i feel like it would be weird if movies were different i mean yeah video Uh, games yeah famous also famous target when stuff happens for like years and years oh like doom doom's causing people to like kill shoot up schools like it really is you know it yeah. I mean, yeah, it's something like everyone just has to find something to blame, and it's always easier to just throw it on the scapegoat than to really look inwards. I think. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I also like I, through this thing. I also learned that um, I learned that Wes Wes Craven had died. I had not known that because, um, like, I was really I was like, oh, he, he, I was like, I was surprised he was part of Scream Four's team, and then I saw that he wasn't part of Scream Five, and I was like, oh, like I guess he didn't want to. I guess he didn't want to touch this his soulless catch grab, and no, it's because he was no longer alive. Um, yeah. I feel like he, he would have easily, I think, been on the Scream Five team if he had if he had been around. Um, like, I, I I feel like you can definitely like. There's a lot. This series has like a lot of love put into it. I feel like, like I feel like very little of it is like soulless. Um, I feel like all. I feel like a lot of its like shortcomings just come from like just like i don't know um 
I don't know how to word it, but I never feel like the the parts that are bad or the parts that I don't like so much are there because like somebody didn't care, you know. That's yeah. like a feeling I get watching all of these. Yeah, I'll say the thing the things with stream is a, with as a franchise is it is it is a tricky needle when you're doing a horror movie where at least part of the premise is the characters watch horror movies and they're going to, and they also tell you, oh yeah, this is what typically happens in horror movies while they go, go through it. And with each Scream film, especially as it go, goes into, they're like, oh yeah, this guy's following the rules of like sequels. Oh, they're doing like trilogies, but they get kind of increasingly meta and it increasingly becomes sort of a snake eating its own tail until the most recent Scream movie is like... L- Literally, it's not just, oh, here's how you do, like, requel legacy sequel stuff. It's literally, okay, here's what a Scream movie is. Just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which it's, I always find really fun. But, like, I yeah. get why people are like, oh, this is not no, great. It can, it can, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it, I could definitely see. If you're not, if you don't like the first Scream, you're not going to like any of the other Screams. Because, um, yeah, they definitely play off to I don't know how the sixth installment is going to do because i think like you i like you said earlier um like this movie is like it's not it's never really despite having two things that would seem like reboots they def they are almost at least half the screen time is dedicated to legacy characters um which is like which can be like which again like i feel like i think i talked about it a little bit off mic but like scream four and scream five are like these are theoretically on paper horrible movies uh, movies that should be really really bad but they're both like like really good and really fun um, and I think that's just because like the, I think the legacy cast is just really strong and like really likable um, and like e- each movie they get to like grow a little bit um, and like I really don't I feel like the sixth one that's in the works I don't know how it's going to be interesting I'm definitely now that I'm a now that I'm a certified screamer, um, I'm really interested to see where they go. They might have to bite the they might have to bite the reboot bullet, but I'm interested to see what they do with that. Yeah, I'll I'll get into like some of my thoughts uh, uh, when we get to like screen screen five. Uh, obviously, I think for there's not like a proper win- winner. I think the best best way to tackle it is like in chronological order. But I'll say yeah. one thing that helps screen five is. The trend, because you know, each one is kind of going on to like different trends in horror. And when Scream Four comes out, the big trend is like re- reboots. Like they name drop a bunch of movies, uh, several of which we're going to cover actually, that were kind of like them them doing sort of like remakes or you know, remakes or restarts of classic horror franchises from from like the eighties eighties and you know Scream, but Scream and Scream. To the extent, I think 4 is, like, really good and probably one of my, like, favorite ones. But it does come to a a thing, because I think as I was mentioning off mic, you can't really just do a full-on remake with, okay, here's different characters in the Scream world, because the nature of Scream is to just comment on what you're doing. So that means you always kind of have to, like, refer back to having, like, Sydney in some way, or, like, the original Slayings, which... Which is why I think one of the smart things Scream 5 does is it introduces a character who's, like, connected to those, but distantly. So even if, like, Nev Campbell doesn't want to return 
for Stream Six, you can like still still have like the 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 new character there, Sam, who's like con- connected to because Billy Loomis is her dad. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah but then Stream what... Five also helps because the because then the trend, as they mentioned, is sort of the legacy thing, which isn't as big in horror currently. Like that's saw like. I think Halloween and Saw were the major ones, and then a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of came out recently, like a- after Screen, Scream that that did sort of the same thing. But it works as the thing of the legacy ones is, oh yeah, the originals are there, and you're kind of following off from the ori- and you're following off from the first movie, and you can just reference the sequels as you'd like or not. So they do kind of have an easier time there there for. Uh, the most recent sort of trends in film. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And, um, yeah, I, I never, I was planning on watching scary movie one as well as sort of a, um, as sort of like a part of my research. I never got around to it. I didn't have the time, but I, I really only wanted to watch it to make, to have like two points. Um, I, I think scary movie is, it's supposed to be like a spoof of like a lot of like core movies uh, but like it's it's very like clear like they use they literally use Ghostface, which I think is like really funny. Um, it's just it's it's so wonderfully weird that like a movie that is is identity is built upon like self awareness and sort of like and like meta ness gets like parodied, but they don't even really have like a parody version. They just use the guy. Um, uh, but like sort of two things. Um, one. Because of Scary Movie, I was definitely waiting for at least, like, four movies now, uh, for the first four, for for Dewey's character to be the bad guy. Because um, that's the ending twist of Scary Movie, <laughs> is that the, um, the, the offensively portrayed of um, their version of Dopey... Um, is like the final mastermind and i thought that that was going to happen for at least four movies <laughs> um i'm glad it didn't but it, it kept me on my toes and then like a second thing is that like i feel like a lot of some of the jokes in scary movie sort of come about from like characters like running away but like tripping over themselves and like they only get caught because they're stupid which is weird because ever since the first scream I feel like all of, like, the chase scenes were, like, super raw and, like, characters were on such equal footing with Ghostface and they were, they literally, like, they were always on top of it. Like, they'd be, like, throwing him downstairs. Like, I feel like the the sort of, like, parody of, like, the the sort of, like, ditzy dumb blonde character just running around in a circle is so... It's like it's so antithetical to everything Scream that it's like it's weird that in Scary Movie they I think they've made like a couple jokes in reference to that because like I feel like yeah I feel like maybe there's like some slashes without the case but like in Scream almost every chase scene is like tooth and nail on both sides, um, which has always been super duper fun. I think it's like a reason why it still ends up being like really fun to watch every time. Yeah. That's part of like, the charm of Scream, and I think Ghostface is a horror villain, is because un- unlike your, like, Freddy Kruegers or your Jasons or your, like, Michael Myers, now that they're like, oh, Michael Myers is some sort of supernatural force, 
Like, Ghostface is just, like, a person in a suit with, like, a Halloween mask they bought somewhere. (laughs) And so it's, so the movies often will just have him, like, Ghostface be kind of clumsy because it's like a person running around in a suit. Yeah, he he doesn't, he doesn't have, like, that, like, stoic energy that, like, uh, that, like, Jason Voorhees has. Um, And, like, nothing, like, supernatural like Freddy Krueger. Um, and like he doesn't he, he the ghost face doesn't really even get like a bulletproof vest until the third movie um <laughs> yeah once they decide that the whole whole thing for ghost face is you have to shoot him in the head for it to be actually dead which yeah. is a funny bit every single time <laughs> like, yeah yeah these movies are like the scream movies are are very they're very formulaic which is, it's really surprising when they end up all being, like, really fun, and they still get you sometimes. And that's really impressive. And, like, it really comes down to, like, how, like, uh, like fun the acting is, too. Like, I feel like it's, like, I feel like some movies definitely falter more than others. But, like, there's always, like, a really good, like, none of the characters are, like, really boring. Or if they are, they're given very little screen time. Yeah, it. Yeah, Scream, they're definitely good with, like, yeah, their casting of having, like, interesting characters, or if, again, if someone's boring, they're either killed quickly, or the point is, is like, they're so boring, it's kind of suspicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any, do you have any pre, pre-Scream info before we jump into the, to Scream 1996? Uh yeah, just just that like the direct the director of the first four screen movies, of course, Wes Craven, just kind of one of the masters of horror who did like a lot of these sla- slasher films, uh, notably like kind of the original Nightmare on Elm Street as well, uh, which which I did watch in preparation for that, and it's like re really good, and then. He also did a couple years before Scream, kind of this nightmare on Elm Street called like New Nightmare, which was similarly sort of like a meta kind of horror movie where the idea is like the actual actors in like a demonic entity takes on the persona of fictional character Freddy Krueger and begins tormenting like the actors in the latest movie. Uh, So definitely something where like he, you know, kind of a lot of thoughts in the slasher one. Apparently he had to be kind of talked into doing this at first because slasher mo- slasher movies were pretty much downhill by the nineties. Like I think there's a thing sometimes where it's like, oh yeah, Scream the slasher movie that kind of killed the genre because it pointed it out, but they were already mostly on like the decline. And this one, in the sense that it revitalized horror, was because it did do okay. Now you can have your characters that comment on yeah on your horror movies now and suddenly it sort of opened it up a bit more where they're like, oh yeah, we can have fun with these. Um, and... Yeah. Yeah, no, like, the Scream movies are definitely, like, fun. So Scream. Um... Yeah, this one is, is the, it's like the first in the series, so like, a lot of its meta-ness is very obviously sort of toned down. Uh, it sort of is like, it is, it is like self-aware, but it's also like very much just like a, um, like a very, like, good slasher flick um i think this one had probably like my favorite little banter between people um uh, yeah um 
What else was I say? Yeah, and just also like all the side characters have like a really like high fun energy, like the principal. He only gets like a couple scenes, but like those are really fun. Yeah, I have forgot the principal is like Henry Winkler, so when he shows up, I'm like, oh hey! It's like the Fonz, <laughs> it's Mary Zuckerborn, it's all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it is funny because I remember when I had originally had watched Green way back when, all I really knew about it is like they were like meta horror movies and there's the scene where they explain the rules. So I was surprised watching that that original rule scene, it's it's late in the film, it's like at the party, and also it's like a it's a bunch of rules that don't really apply that much, like, to the actual situation they're in. And, like, it's it's Jamie Kennedy's character going, Okay, guys, yeah, here are the rules. And everyone going, yeah, get over it. No, we we don't care. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's the first one. It's sort of the, um, it's like the, it's the precursor. So, like, a lot of people, like, don't, are, they aren't quite as, um, as used to it yet until they're sort of living in sort of the thing they're describing yeah and then the other ones okay because the first one is like okay here are your rules as surviving a horror movie and then the other ones are more okay here's how this is going to work the kills are going to be more extreme they'll be like yeah but like they kind of apply less though i'll say and uh, not, not to jump too far ahead but i do find the thing in screen three fun where like he's just where he suggests, oh yeah, the killer's going to be superhuman, and then they just play to the idea of, is this ghost face supernatural, or is it just another guy in a vest? Up until, <laughs> yeah. But we're like, shoot him in the head! He has a vest! Like, oh, yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, no, oh my god, yeah, Scream 3 is is definitely a weird one, and we'll sort of get to it when we get to it. Yeah. But yeah, um... Yeah, the uh, the intro scene to this is like it's sort of it's gonna be how every single screen movie starts, and it's just uh, it's just really like iconic and fun, um, and like really like horrific too. Um, I think this is the one where like she's like hung in the tree, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, and yeah. it was a big thing. Also, Drew Barrymore, like that's one of the famous things in the movie is she was like heavily promoted of kind of being in it, and I think initially she was going to play like the the Sydney role, and then either because, like, she had uh, she had scheduling conflicts or something and she couldn't do it, but she's like, she's like, honestly, you know, it'd be better, she's like, I want to just be the person in the first scene because, like, it, this is so well written. If it's, like, me, someone who, like, as famous as Drew Barrymore at the time, and I get killed immediately like this, like, that's what people are going to remember, and sure enough, like, it's just, like, an <laughs> iconic, like, classic yeah. scene, like, Drew, Drew Barrymore being, like, kind of quizzed on her favorite scary movies one that well and yeah and most of the opening sort of do follow in kind of like similar respects um two and three do are a bit more different on it but especially for like kind of four and the four and the four and especially the recent one they're they're really interested in repeating the thing of oh it's a killer on the phone and he's asking questions and mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah. Um, yeah, Roger L. Jackson, who voices Ghostface in all of these, just really good voice. For... Oh yeah, like it is. It's so. It's so, yeah. De- definitely like why like he's kept on for every single one. Like it's super duper nice. Um, yeah, like he he is a really like talented voice actor. I was looking at his Wikipedia earlier, and he's just he's he's in like a lot of stuff. Um, you said he was Mojo but... Jojo. Yeah. Or no? He was yeah, Mojo Mojo and Mojo Jojo in the Powerpuff Girls, and he was also uh, 
in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as well. Um, I think for like the English dub. Um, so like, yeah, he's definitely like, he's got a very, very like good voice. And like, it's just, it's such a, I really got to give like this movie and like the series props for like setting up such a fun device. Um, like having like, yeah, like one killer, but it's not the same person, but he has the same voice and there's like an iconic voice. Like, I feel like there's a lot of decisions made in this first one that were like really like good for like setting up this sort of, this sort of meta series. And I think, yeah, because I, I tried to I tried to find the article because I read it on Wikipedia that sort of the first three Scream movies were written very close to each other. I think we were talking about it. And I think you said that Scream 2's script got leaked, actually. Um, yeah, Scream 2 comes out a year after Scream 1. Like, I believe, like, the filming was starting pretty soon after it had, like, released. And yeah, the script, like, leaked out online and everyone was like, oh, yeah. So, which leads to some sort of, led to some kind of changes in it. So I think Wes Craven did give him an interview at one point, and who knows if this is true, where he's like, oh no, that was a that was a fake script too, we were like expecting that one, but, but you know, it's unclear if he was just trying to like save save some face there, enough for the movies that were famously hard to keep under wraps. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, definitely. Yeah, and like, I think, I think Scream 1... I think it definitely, of of course, it being the first one, I think it, like, it probably has, like, oh, there's a cat meowing. It probably has, like, the most toned down. I think every movie kind of tries to up and up it after. But this movie does, I think, have, like, the strongest core cast um, of, like, oh. <laughs> sorry, the cat keeps meowing. Um this one has like sort of the strongest like core cast of people and like I'm like uh like I don't think we we haven't yet talked about uh Gail Weathers um Courtney Cox character um that will like become like a a, pr- a part of like the recurring three um that like it's just there's just so much fun interactions between people um uh yeah and like this one yeah but so this one like this one really comes down to just sort of like the beat by beat, like weirdly enough, like non ghost face scenes that really like makes this one like really, really nice um, for me. Yeah, this is, yeah. Yeah. I agree that like the cast and scream is like really strong. I I think honestly, even like, I think it's like the most recent one is the other movie where I'm like, Oh yeah, this might be the strongest cast since like the first one, but like, the, the first one still has it has it tops yeah the that central trio is like re, just really strong strong too with yeah just nev nev campbell courtney cox and this and this movie comes out like a cu- couple years into friends so she's already like big 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 with that <laughs> and and i think she was already the most well-known member of the friends cast at the top at the time so it's not like she was like an unknown she was already like kind of a name but then the screen movies really kind of elevate her and she's really good in a character who if you just watch the first scream you would not necessarily expect that she was going to wind up being one of the leads of like the whole series because even in scream 2 it's like she's kind of antagonistic towards like the care characters and each one is like or, or yeah, each one from the original trilogy is how she like slowly just like 
weaves her way back in with either like Sydney or Dewey, depending on which one she's on the outs with in like that sequel. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, she does. Yeah, she definitely like. She has like a really good presence, but she definitely is like this is someone that could like never show up or might die at the end. Uh, but I'm really glad that like she's she sticks up through the end and like ah it's just really like her and her and um her and uh Dewey's sort of like little like romance is like re- really interesting and like <laughs> really like strange and like a scream movie, but I really enjoy it. Well, I mean, as a as I'm I'm sure you. I, I mean, I think you know, Courtney Cox and David Arquette did, in fact, marry after, like, oh, kind of I between Screen 2 and Screen 3. I didn't know that. That's actually really sweet. No wonder. It, it, it Honestly, it shows in the movies. I didn't actually know that. Well, someone never yeah. saw the Friends episode where <laughs> all the actors had Arquette after their name to commemorate, like, her marriage. <laughs> the... Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, they, they're now, like, di- divorced, but yeah, they, they were married from, like, nine... 1999 to 20 to 20 uh they separated in like 2010 and divorced in 2013 i think they they have like a production company uh i'm not sure if they still like if it's still active but i know at least in 2010 they were still running it together despite and we're still friends even though like their marriage hadn't worked out and i mean they didn't interact in scream 5 so you know, hopefully they're still like on positive terms, kind of. Or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Um. I guess what are your sort of overall thoughts of the first Scream movie? This one was really good. Again, I think because it is the first one, it is sort of the one that most sort of functions as like a movie because it doesn't have to comment on previous Scream films. It can have the characters be like hyper aware they're in a horror movie, but it really is at its core about just about this girl who's like, kind of getting over this traumatic thing that happened to her suddenly being thrown into it again and uh and uh, i think the the whole kind of wrinkle they throw in in the sort of especially in the first two with the character of cotton weary who sydney had like accused of killing her her mother and he's like sort of locked up and that's initially what brings kind of gail into orbit because she's convinced that he didn't do it and Winds up being right, but I think that is a good wrinkle where what if, like, the worst thing ever happened to you and then you accuse uh, someone, but then it also was just the wrong person and the actual person was, like, the person (laughs) you trusted most? Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm, I guess, spoilers for, like, the next couple we're going to talk about. I'm really glad that it never, he never ended up being the bad guy all along. That would have been, like, really lame. Um, there, yeah, think, one of the original Scream 2 versions does have it where, like, he he's either working with the, the villain or, like, he snap or he finally just snaps after uh, after the the movie and goes for it. But, yeah, I'm glad they do, they do kind of keep it where, no, no, he, he is, like, he's a bit of a jerk, but, like, he's not, like, a murderer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, may, he may scream in a library, but he's not a, not a big murderer. Um... Yeah, like, yeah, it's weird that, like, I think Scream 1 ends up being, like, easily one of my favorites, but it also is, like, kind of the one that there's, at least for me, there's, like, very little to talk about because, like, the set pieces are a lot smaller and, like, the enjoyment comes from, like, the minute-to-minute banter. And there's, like, a lot of, like, there's a lot, of, there's there was not a lot of, like, groundwork to sort of work off of. Um, but one thing yeah. that is, like, 
exceptional about this movie um, is sort of like every every Scream movie sort of has the last sort of 20 minutes where the killer is revealed and then they just have their like little taunt off where they like they'll explain their plan and like they're crazy. Um, and this one probably has like like with like the performances of um, of of uh, Skeet uh, Ulrich. I was in the car. Like his dad himself. Just... Yeah, <laughs> I think um, I had, I, had, I was talking with my friend in the car earlier today, and he's like, you know, that guy's name is Skeet, right? Like his name's actually Skeet, and I thought that was really funny. Um, and then and then also like, man, like Scooby Doo himself, uh, Matthew Matthew Lillard, like giving his like a heart out in that little performance at the end like like what a what a fun way to end your like the beginning of your meta slasher uh saga um like i like they they are both doing like such a good job um and uh i guess i guess what like i guess um before we move on i might bring up that one of i think one of my problems with i think all the upcoming screen movies i think except for this uh scream 2022 is that i don't really like the boyfriend characters i think they end up getting a little generic for scream two through four um i do like the one in five because he's just a millennial um (laughs) and that's pretty funny um but i think uh skeet is also like a really a really nice um like really strong start to what sort of sort of wanes and then gets really good at the end is the the titular boyfriend character yeah and it works too because like he plays them as like just so suspicious where it's again if, if you have seen all these movies you're like well i've seen these movies like this is clearly a red herring and it's like no no he's the killer like, <laughs> yeah it's... yeah it's it's yeah it's it's such a a nice little subversion that's like the thing about screen movies is that like i this is something that i really appreciate and like correct me if i'm wrong but I feel like once a char- we I don't think there's ever been a character that dies on screen or even like implies that they've died and then comes back and was the villain. Um, I think like I don't think that happened. Um, I think it's a really nice rule with these movies that like once you see a character die, they're out. They're not going to be like one of the people at the end. Um, and I mean, they have done a couple where you think the person has been like killed and then they come back as the killer like scream three oh. that's a big thing on it but oh re- but... wait is he i'm trying to remember because not to get ahead of ourselves but in scream three isn't it... i think in, in scream three it's just one guy that time yeah that's like the single killer one um another script change but <laughs> there's a thing where they encounter and he seems to be like dead and he seems to be like stabbed or whatever and then they never really explain i think later they're like oh no he there's a cut scene where like he he knew how like slow his breathing or or something and but you also don't see him get attacked yeah like, sorry that, that's what i mean is that like if someone is attacked and killed by Ghostface, they are this isn't like a this isn't like oh they're they're tricking the audience here like if you see someone get gutted by Ghostface, they're not the other ghost face <laughs> like they'll never and like um, something I also took note of, and like I, I feel like the movies never broke this rule, is that you'll never have, there'll never be a scene where the two twist scream guys are having a conversation just between themselves, um, that they wouldn't be having, um, like I feel like there's like a couple scenes with like, um, 
I, I tried to like keep track of this because in like the I think it's the second one. I think it's where um where uh uh Dewey and Randy are like talking, and I'm like, okay, these two if these two end up being the twist guy, because I was definitely in the mindset of like Dewey's gotta be the twist guy because that was the scary movie twist. Um, I was like, they would. There's no way either one of them, or there's no way that. Both of them are the ghost face, just based on the conversation they're having. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like there are lesser movies that sort of have scenes that, like, are really only there to trick the audience and don't make a lot of sense. And I feel like Scream very rarely falls into that trap. Yeah. Yeah, I think three, because they got changed from two killers to just one, it does have a couple of scenes where, like, if you look, they're like, wait... Does it make sense that he did all this stuff as Ghostface, but then also like as his, as his person? And the answer is eh, not always, but it, but they still, but you never really notice unless like you, yeah, you think about it much. But you're right, they do, they do like work to make the the mysteries like actual mysteries, and they play fair, like yeah, yeah. um, yeah, no, I I agree with that, um, uh, yeah, and like and like and when there are times when it is just complete like out of left field it ends up being like really fun anyway um do you have do you have any more final thoughts about the first scream uh no not really just uh it, it is funny because there's not a ton to say because also it's like as as intense as it is it does sort of have like a low body count and then i think the most recent one i know i've seen a critique from the people where they're like well the body count's not that high, and I'm like, I guess they were just doing, like, the original Scream thing, too, where really only, like, four or five people are, like, killed, which, unlike, like, the future Screams, where pretty much anyone who isn't one of the main three, like, for the most part, is going to be kill, <laughs> killed or implied to be dead, unless they're, like, Patrick Dempsey or eventually Hayden, Hayden Patanera, who was revealed to be alive and like i don't know if you know this in stream five but like when they're watching the youtube thing you do see a little thumbnail that reveals that her character did survive which was what they had always wanted to have happen but like they that scene just didn't make it into the film or mm -hmm. yeah but yeah yeah scream it's good now we'll move on to something very different scream two <laughs> um scream two um has i'm trying to remember i'm trying to remember the first scene specifically because in my notes i have really good first scene that yeah that's jada pinkett and yeah 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 the the movie the the introduction of the of the in-universe scream stab um like what a what a fun decision um it's sort of the uh I think it's one of the few ones that sort of breaks the um the sort of phone call uh like motif of the opening ones but like I think it works cuz this is like a really like neat way to open this movie um where like uh where like a couple is like like one is killed in the bathroom and the other one is like while like the other person will like sort of put on the scream mask pretending to be the person they killed and then killing the other person as they sort of bleed out in like front of everybody in the movie theater um 
and just sort of sort of like the combination of like everyone screaming and then like the movie stabbing with like it synced up with like the real life stabbing um and like everybody everybody has like the ghost face mask and like it's just it's such a fun good first scene yeah the stream two opening is really good um even if they do the thing where it's like it's two black characters talking about man the black person always dies first in a horror film and then they both get killed it's yeah yeah (laughs) the tone the tone works like enough and it it is funny because yeah it is the only one that sort of breaks from the oh there's a phone call and then there's a a thing tradition and it's something i do hope that like they try again for like stream six or whatever because it doesn't have to be a phone call sometimes ghostface can just be at the movies yeah exactly um yeah i thought i think i put in my notes i was like man the first scream really fixes that problem of not having the black character die first by not having any black people in the movie um (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah like this one this one is sort of a uh, i think it i'm not sure in the timeline where it takes place but i think it is i think it is sort of almost parroting real life where it's i think almost like a year after the events um or at least a little bit after because now they're in they're in college um and they've just noticed that like the the sort of killings have started up again yeah i think yeah i think it's supposed to be it's like a a year or however it's however long it took for gail to write a book that and then sell the movie rights to those book that book and then have it out there and this is it's funny that we somehow they're not mentioned the stab movies for the first 40 minutes is but that wants to be like i think one of the franchise's biggest conceits that each of the events of each of these films often will just wind up getting made into films themselves for this stab movie and i'd seen someone once where they're like or i I was talking to someone once who was like, the sad movies are kind of insane if you think about it, because it's like if someone, if, it's like, you know, if Columbine happened and then Columbine the movie came out like a year later and they just kept making films <laughs> about, like, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, it is, it is like a really insane thing, like, in the universe. Um yeah no it is like it is but it is like really funny and I, I really like what they do with it going forward i'm glad that stab isn't like this thing that they like wrote into this movie and then just completely forgot about i'm glad it is something that is like built upon like every movie and then it's like is like crucially important to the plot of the final scream as well yeah yeah like yeah it's something uh yeah it's something that kind of just keeps go- going in because also i think yeah, something we can say in broad's strokes is the first three screen movies the kill the killers you know their motivation is connected to like sydney or sydney and kind of the death of sydney's mother that's sort of what's driving the the people in the first three screen films and then the next two screen films are like people who like it's it's no longer like because of this thing but it's it's because they want to be famous or they want like a better stab movie (laughs) It's just this interesting yeah. <laughs> thing where all of a sudden the franchise becomes kind of the motivation. Like, yeah, it, it really does become like the snake eating itself a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. No, the second one, um, I think the second one definitely has a little. The the characters that are added are a little weaker. I think. Um, 
I'm trying to remember trying to remember who's like the like you know like the the boyfriend character that like sings on the table. Um Oh yeah, Derek. Yeah, like other than that scene where he sings on the table, he's just a little boring. Um Yeah. And originally when I me- I think I mentioned that like there is like script changes for it. So originally kind of D- Jerry O'Connell who plays Derek and then Elise Neal who plays her friend like Hallie, they were going to be the killers. And then I think Mrs. Loomis was also kind of their masterminding, but it was like once again the people Sydney trusts most are like turning on and trying to kill her and it's yeah, and, then, <laughs> and I think that kind of goes to why they're a bit flatter. Yeah, because like I feel like yeah, I feel like um, in the, in the effort of being like fair um, in this sort of slasher thing, I think you end up a couple times in this series where like the killer's revealed, and I'm like, oh, it's that person. Um, like in this movie particularly, because it was like it was um, it was like Derek's friend. Who like I don't know how much how much screen time he had before this, and then also um, it was also uh, what what it was Mrs. Loomis right or the it was like the reporter pretending to be somebody else right yeah it, yeah so the killer in that one one yeah is Timothy Oliphant our yeah our favorite villain from the Girl Next Door <laughs> yeah playing kind of yeah a friend of the boyfriend who's also in like film classes with Randy and is. There, sort of in the beginning, t- you know, talking about like s- sequels, and his motivation is just he's like a crazy murderer. That's like his thing. But yeah. then, <laughs> yeah. but and then the other character is this, yeah, is Laurie Metcalf playing, who initially presents herself as like a reporter who is trying, basically trying, trying to get some some details. And oh yeah, because a big part of the plot now is. Cotton Weary has been sort of released, and reporters are trying to essentially get Sydney to confront him. Like, they're trying to get them to confront each other, largely Gale, but then this other one, Debbie Salt, who turns out to be critically sort of uh, Billy Loomis's mother, Mrs. Loomis. Yeah. And then this comes, <laughs> and then this comes into a, to a thing because, um, I'm going. I'm going to make sure. Oh yeah, L- Loomis is. It is a reference to something, but I'm sorry. I'm just trying to remember the specific horror movie thing Loomis is. The term Loomis is based upon because some of these do do have their have their bits. But in the Friday the 13th films, famously in the first movie, uh, the killer isn't actually Jason. It's Jason's mother, Mrs. Voorhees. So this is kind of a reference to that. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought going into it. Because that's also, um, I think it's in the first movie as well as like one of the trivia questions that um, Drew Barrymore gets wrong. Um, And like also like a little side tangent. It is weird that Jason Voorhees doesn't get his iconic look until the third movie. Um, cause like the first oh, yeah. movie, he's not in it till the end as like a little boy. Um, and then in the second movie, he wears like a pillowcase over his head and uses like an ax. Um, and I think it's not until like the third movie where he's like machete and, and, um, and hockey mask, which is weird. Cause that's like clearly his most iconic. 
Um, very, very strange. But yeah, I think that, I think this is a case where like it is, it is like it, both characters are out of the blue. Um, one of which is like a little uh, boring, but like the <laughs> Mrs. Lubis is just so. It's so wacky it comes from a background of being a pretty entertaining, honestly. Um, yeah. It is kind of one where they're cheating a bit, because, I mean, the character is, like, kind of around, but you don't even consider that it's, oh, it's literally just the mom of the guy from the first movie on the table. But Laurie Metcalf just plays it so well. Like, it's just so crazy yeah. in her final confrontation yeah. where you're like, okay, I... I'm on board with this. Like, yeah, and like she even she even makes comment about how like this isn't like some crazy avant garde like weird reason. This is just classic revenge. Um, yeah, she's like people <laughs> think I'm a bad mother. It's like she's <laughs> clearly was, but oh. well, yeah. So Loomis was the name of like I believe yeah the doctor the kind of one of the characters in the Halloween films was her little last name, which also works because. Or, which makes sense, because then in Scream 5, the the last name of the leads is, like, Carpenter, and John Carpenter directed the Halloween movie, so it's kind of in the... And, well, and then one of those characters is the daughter of Billy Loomis, so... Yeah. It all fits as kind of just little, fun little horror references, Easter egg things. So. Yeah, that, that's, those are really fun. Um, yeah, this movie... I think I think what it lacks a little bit in its new characters, um, I think it more than makes up for in sort of its like spectacle. Um, the two like kind of prime examples that I have are like the beginning scene that we talked about, and there's also a scene later on where uh, I think it's it's Sidney Prescott like doing like a rehearsal for a play, um, and there's just like there's a lot of people, there's like a bunch of people in masks, and like it's just so it's so chaotic and like scary um because it's like flashing lights and it's just it just looks very it's probably like it like looks very cool um which like i don't think is very much anything like that in the first one so i'm glad that this movie even though it falters a little bit it's sort of there's other stuff picking up the slack oh yeah like yeah uh, i i agree and i'll say some of the new characters like it is fun seeing sarah michelle geller pop up for a bit it's like cc uh the guy, like, Gail's new cameraman who just, because the, because her original cameraman uh, dies, but, like, the guy, Joel, who just at a certain point is like, nope, I'm out of here, and then he just comes back at the end, like, hey, alright, let's do the story now, like, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad that he, like, gets to be a little bit more of, like, a, a character, because, like, the first cameraman, like, I think he had, like, two lines, and then he got his, like, throat slit, and, like, he didn't really, he didn't really have any, like, fun back and forth. Yeah. Um, and then the and then the film does make up for like new characters you don't really kill about by killing Randy, which is always a very upsetting yeah, scene because yeah. you're like, oh no, just yeah, like oh, it really is upsetting that like yeah, Randy gets um, Randy gets killed, um, because uh, it is like it is he is really like he's like he's not scared of it. He's really trying to like catch this. He feel he like knows all the all the serial kill or the 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 slasher movie trivia. Um, yeah, I'm glad he does. I think is it the third or the fourth or the fifth? Does he does he get does his like video get played? Um, uh, but the think, the third one is the yeah. video. Yeah, with the introduction of his sister, who's just never been mentioned. It's always funny because they're like, "Oh yeah, Martha, hey," <laughs> and I'm like, 
this person who, like, they seem to all have just a warm relationship with, but you never, like, see or yeah. mention her. She's like, oh, hey, Dewey, just, like, it's, you ought to come home sometime. <laughs> yeah. And she's just there again in, like, Scream 5 when her, like, kids are major characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's really good. Yeah, no, this one, I, I definitely felt that, like, I think with, like, the Scream franchise that I feel like you don't get a big franchise unless, like, the first one is, like, a mega hit and then the second one is, like, pretty good. Or the first one's pretty good and the second one's a mega hit. Um, but I feel like this one, I feel like they're both, like, I think they both excel and sort of falter in different aspects. But they're still, like, both, like, super enjoyable. Uh, despite, like, like the thing about these Scream movies is that they're, like, they're very formulaic. Um... And, like, a lot of the surprises are, like, internal surprises. There's not going to be, like, um, like any grand... I don't feel like there's going to be any grand subversions. Usually all of those happen in, like, a very, like, tight bubble of possibility. But they still all end up being, like, entertaining based off, like, the, like the sets and the scenarios, um, like, the script, and then also, like, the actors as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Also, an interesting thing about this film is... I mean, in, in retrospect, like, it's considered, oh yeah, not as good as the or- original, but at the time, it actually, its Rotten Tomato score was actually a couple percentages higher than the original. It was like 81% to the original 79%. Um, so it's funny to say, yeah. to see that this one, that one was actually a, a little bit better received. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um... Yeah, do you have any sort of final thoughts on the on the second screen? Yeah, no, it's f- fun movie. Like it's, I'll say this time he being always gets me in the scene where like Ghostface is just kind of pass on like the car and and like it's the tension of like she literally has to climb over Ghostface, which it which is a good bit. But then and then of course when they go to that to check on him again. Ghostface gone. <laughs> yeah, that scene is like super duper. Like after like a really like horrible car chase. Yeah, yeah. No, this movie definitely like is is ste- st- um stepped up like the set pieces a lot from the first one. Yeah. Also, it's funny because there is like a throwaway line in the first. I think it's the first one where Sydney's like, "Oh, what? So they're gonna make a movie about this?" And then like Tori Spelling's gonna play me, and then Tori Spelling does in fact play Sydney in the original stab. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good yeah and there's a and there's a reference to like david schwimmer playing i forget if it's like dewey or randy but like one of them but like it's yeah (laughs) another friends yeah Yeah. Yeah. oh man but yeah um yeah i think we move on to um what is the end three yeah what is the end of the original trilogy um the first movie that doesn't end on a jump scare um, I really hated that the first two ended on jump scares because I, I watched them on TV and it would it would always get me. I, I really disliked that. Um, you mean when like the ghost face jumps out yeah. like partly through the credits? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hated it because I thought we were I thought it was done. I thought it was I thought I was a big boy <laughs> that made it through a scary movie. But then right at the end, it, it scared me. Um, but this movie think, does not do this. This movie ends on like a. A bit of like a somber just open door um and then credits play sort of signifying that like sort of the threat is over 
Um, and the Nick Cave song plays that yeah. returns in Scream 5 for a scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so neat. Yeah, this movie, like, this, this series, like, has, like, a lot of care. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I um, think... Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah. I'll say, that does remind me, I do like in the credits each time that when that rabbit... Instead of, like, just showing the names when you're watching them, they also just show up, like, you know, they have, like, little clips of everyone next to their names, too. Yeah, I, I like and, that. It's in all of them. It's so good. Yeah, and they always have, like, good, good music down to, like, the last one, which had, like, I think I listened to the song that's playing during, like, the Stream 5 music theme for, like, I, like, lo- I looked it up because they went through a little-known indie band, which I guess is nice nice for them so like i looked up this fallout of love and they asked to listen to it like for weeks <laughs> and then learned that it wasn't even the version that i fully played in the movie because they had recorded a special one for that that they released later so i was like oh cool i can listen to this more <laughs> but yeah yeah, no, but this... yeah scream three just yeah scream three definitely um is sort of partly about um stab three getting filmed and like um, stars of that movie are like getting killed in the order they get killed in the movie, um, and that's sort that's sort of like the uh, the sort of driving force and like the killings of this movie. Um, it's, it's like it's but like. Meanwhile, there's some secret about Sydney's mother because the killer keeps leaving pictures and yeah. seems to be claiming that he killed her. Um, yeah, um, yeah, no, sort of. Yeah, the return of like the mystery of a. Uh, of um of how like Sydney's mother died, um. There's even like a a, re- a really nice clip or like a clip of like a VHS that Randy left, um, like in case he died of like, hey, like you're not you're not dealing with a sequel, you're dealing with a full blown trilogy, um, yeah, just talking about like something from the past and just like. Some people don't like that tape, but I think it's good, especially when it starts off where he's like, look, he's like, if it's just he where Enoshi is like, look, if it's if it's just another one of these same rules apply, but if you're suddenly plagued with, like, a lot of unexpected backstory and a ponderance of exposition, the sequel rules don't apply. It's a trilogy <laughs> now. Which is... yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just so fun. It's so, like, um, this movie, I think, just strikes such a nice balance between, like, being really lighthearted and, like, being really sort of meta, but then also, like, being, having, but not having those ever take away from the really tense scenes. Um... Yeah, because I feel like, I feel like you can sometimes go a little too far and like things stop having stakes a little bit, um, just because the movie's being so flippant and goofy about everything. Um, but like, I feel like this these series like kind of um, like has such a a good rapport with that kind of stuff. Um, I really like. Uh, I don't know if it's like it's not really like a cameo. It's just sort of Patrick Warburton playing a character, but he's always really fun. Um, yeah, there's, this is like a bodyguard. Yeah, just just a random bodyguard. Yeah, there's uh, Parker Posey as like the fake Gail Weathers, like Jennifer. It's just a really <laughs> funny performance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then um, there's like I don't I I don't know. There's like a Jay and Silent Bob cameo. I don't know why we keep having those in movies that we cover. Um, and I don't know if they're like the actors playing the characters or if it's the actual Jay and Silent Bob because they're on a movie set. Um, it kind of like blew by me really quick, and I was like, "Wait, what? What?" Um, but yeah, so I think that's uh, I think that's two that we've covered so far. I wonder how many we'll have by the end. 
Um, yeah, how many times will Jay and Silent Bob pop up in one of these films? <laughs> yeah, I also forgot that was in there. So when they show up, um, yeah, Carrie Fisher gets like an extended yeah. cameo. Oh, like, then she, oh, she's doing. She does so good, and like she's like, I could have been Princess Leia. <laughs> If I was been willing to sleep with George Lucas, it's like, what are you saying about yourself, Carrie? Just yeah, just like I, I feel like there's like there is I a weird uh, like fittingly enough, I feel like there's like meta at every level of this of these this series, and I it's always I I could understand why people would would find it a bit grating, but like I don't know, it always makes me smile. Um, just such a just fun just fun little things um i do think this movie kind of has like the weakest villain though i forgot this is like a villain podcast um yeah it's yeah the the lines are blurred i'll say scream three once again well the original idea was they were going to go back to woodsboro and it was going to be revealed that matthew lillard's character was still alive and because he has little cameos and i think each film except for the this one sort of like he said up oh no he has like a vocal right no because he has a vocal thing oh yeah this does have my favorite ghostface gimmick which is that his voice changer can just do different voices so rather than it always just being ghostface on the oh, phone yeah. they'll pr- it'll pretend to be like someone else yeah the, oh that's it's such a good in, in, um and also the introduction of the bulletproof vest which i think yeah those two things just become a part of ghostface going forward um yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah it's so it's just like i feel like it is it's just it's a perfect change that came at like the perfect time um just to add like an extra layer to this like to like the um the sort of the intrigue and like and like mystery of like who the character is yeah oh and i'll say Heather Monterazzo who plays kind of Randy's sister Marfa she actually has a bit role in a movie we're going to cover in a couple years the devil's advocate which i was Watching last night, I'm like, oh right, she's in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But but yeah, the villain here, and then originally at some point it was going to be two killers again. It was still going to be Roman, and then it was going to be the Emily Mortimer's character Angelina, who was playing like the fake Sydney, and they do a lot of Mister X that suggest that she is one of the killers, but yeah. And, but then they switch it down to one, and it's look Scott Scott Foley, someone who, I mean, he he's fine in in this being a podcast where there's always someone who I can go, oh yeah, and then they were on Grey's Anatomy or Scandal. He is famously on actually he's on both those shows. He he does like a recurring <laughs> character and on Grey's Anatomy as this guy who's like a patient who winds up marrying kind of one of his doctors, but then tragically passes away. And then he's on Scandal as someone who uh, is initially introduced as part of this, like, secret organization and kind of, like, uh, a bad guy. But then he's sort of becomes a representation of Kerry Washington's characters, like, the idea of, oh, she could give this... she They could put this all all behind and be together like standing in the sun instead of her torrid romance with the president but then like it switches again and then he's ultimately the final villain of like the series 
in the last episodes are about taking him down. So like, <laughs> he, he's done this before and he's fine. But yeah, it it's there because I think because the director just he he's not that interesting a character pre villain reveal. Yeah, he, it's just I think the number one. Where, that's like, like the big problem. I think it's like a bad sign when like he's revealed and I went, oh, they just picked they picked someone I haven't even seen before. That's cheating. Um, and then I, I ran to the Wikipedia page and went, oh, he's the director character. Oh yeah, he just didn't have like a presence at all this movie. And it's it's not like it's it's I feel like it's not the same as um as this the sort of um the mom from Scream 2 where like that was really silly and over the top. Um and this one sort of kind of tries to be, but I just feel like it just isn't as impactful when it's just sort of the director of Stab 3 who also is like the half brother of Sydney Prescott. Um, it's just like, it's just, it's just, it's something that on paper sounds really goofy and weird. And then in practice just kind of ends up being a little dull. Um, oh, I'll say, I, I think like the bit with her mother is like pretty interesting. The idea that there's like this part, part they never knew, knew. And cause because the interesting thing about, like, Sydney's mother is she's not, like, a per- perfect character. Like, she she's ha- she had, like, multiple affairs, and that's what kind of ultimately gets Billy Loomis to, to snap. And then, But then this one has the thing of, like, something terrible happened to her. Like, she went to be, like, an actress and kind of and got, and got raped and impregnated and just was not able to, like, handle the baby and gave him up, which I think is, like, kind of interesting and messy for like this franchise to get into even if it's just co- sort of put into like another villain rant but like yeah and yeah i feel like yeah i feel like this movie um yeah because that could have been like pretty interesting but yeah it's kind of just saved for like the ending villain rant um yeah i feel like yeah he just needed to be more of like have more of a presence before the reveal um and like that would have made it like a little better, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he does get some scenes like there. There's a bit where he's like, "I just wanted to make my romance," and they said, "We'll do a horror film first. And like when he's just acting really inconvenienced, it's it, it's like kind of funny, but yeah, it, it's not. He doesn't have as much presence of like the the fake actors who are yeah. all just really over the top. And, it, and like, also, like, it also might be another thing where, like, I think it hurts that there's not two of them. How As weird as that sounds, is that I feel like that's just, like, that's such a charming part of it. Is that you don't only get one reveal, you get two. Um, yeah. And, like, I feel like, yeah, it kind of takes away when it's just one guy. Um, that, like, it, there's a lot of, like, I think it's, like, it's interesting conceptually. It just, in practice, it never, it doesn't just, it doesn't pan out as cool as it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There also feels like there's a scene missing because obviously the this is the kind of the first film that does where Sydney is not initially part of the action. She is kind of off in hiding. Yeah. Ha- after having gone through two consecutive things of people <laughs> just trying to kill her. Yeah, I like that. Also, that's something I really like about this movie. And I I, I didn't mention it last time, but I, in each in Scream One, Two, and Three, you can definitely see like a prog- a progression of precaution. Um, it reminds me of probably my favorite part of the first Final Destination movie, 
Um, I can't remember the actor, but it's it's like one of the there's like three main people that live to the end. It's sort of like the protagonist who gets all the visions. Um, there's just like a point in the movie um, where he just secludes himself in a shack um, away from everybody and just like lives like the most like secluded, protected life he can. Like he he shaves all the corners off of things. Like and it just it's I like that. I like when I like when there's like characters responding realistically to like this weird horror movie <laughs> yeah it, yeah it it is good and i think these films do kind of get a, get a good thing of like they do kind of engage with what if you sort of live through a horror movie and how like paranoid would you just be and how much would it suck if there's been, like a popular franchise of films based around your trauma and that everyone's just started taking as like Oh yeah, this is a fun. This is a fun little horror thing when when you actually have to live through it. Yeah, and then um yeah, and then I'm also I'm go I'm going off my notes here, and like I feel like this is true. I feel like I feel like the banter in this one was also made a little more fun again, um where I feel like it dipped a little bit in two. Um, there's also a scene where I think Ghostface throws a knife at Dewey, and then the hilt hits the top of his head. Um, and that's just really goofy. That's just like a little goofy thing that I adore. Yeah. Also, the bit that because cause Dewey and Gale are pretty much on again, off again in pretty much almost all the films except for four where they're married but all still fighting. But like, <laughs> it, but it is funny that like in in this one the idea is that oh G- Gale tried to take care of him for a bit because yeah another thing about about Dewey which makes it interesting that he's the one that kills. Huh, he, who gets killed off is he gets like stabbed pretty terribly in every single scream movie. Yeah, <laughs> and he always ends up kind of yeah. getting away. Yeah, so, and oh, that's also I can't remember. It must be in two, um, where he has like he has like a limp because he got stabbed in the back. Um, I think that's really nice, I, and I think I'm glad that like that's something like a little piece of like continuity and like character that's like it. These it really like helps because I think it, it is rather hard. Um, to have meaningful consequence sort of carry on between these films. Um, but I think that's like a, like a really nice way that they kept that kind of going and that he, he is like, he, like he's forever sort of going to have a little bit of trouble walking because of like him getting stabbed. Yeah. And then scream five where he's kind of like retired and yeah, you know, like kind of, they hint of various things where he's like, well, he's like, I was stabbed nine times and I can't, like, I have no feeling in most of my nerves. Like, it's... Yeah. Just... Oh, it's so, it's really good. Yeah, um, but, the, yeah but, but the bit where, like, he's, like, dating fake Gale to make up for not being with the real Gale is, like, good. And then fake Gale also just spending all her scenes with Gale because she's like, well, I have to do what you do and, like, you always survive. So if I stick with you, then I just survive. It's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another, like, nice little cute little meta joke is, um, is, uh the cotton weary character showing up in the beginning as like a little kind of a little cameo um complaining that he's about to go to the set of stab three for like a little cameo in the beginning where he just dies um yeah i i just like things like that are like i think are like one of like one of the uh discs in the backbone of this series um are just like things that are just like so fun like that um 
And it's just, it would, it's what made this like this sort of, I did it in like a scream marathon one after the other. And it just made things like that were just really fun. Yeah. And then again, there's all the little meta jokes about how old script pages are showing up on the day and they have, and, and they have like, they have fake endings to protect, yeah, to pre- protect the identities of the killers on the twist, which was all stuff they were just straight up doing, doing by this one. But... Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I like how that sort of plays into the plot because like the killer is trying to kill them in order of when they tied, but it could be one of three people because of all the different scripts. Um, there's also a scene where the killer is like faxing them, like <laughs> what's happening. It's um, a really good bit. <laughs> it is a really good bit. And then a house just explodes, which I think is like the most, uh, like movie actiony movie thing that ever happened in any of these. Um, yeah, it, it's it, like the one screen death <laughs> that isn't just they got stabbed or shot. Like, yeah. <laughs> someone blows up. <laughs> blows like up an entire house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And then they all roll down hills just insanely and Ghostface is like by a car. It's yeah. God. Yeah, and then yeah. And then sort of this movie just sort of ends sort sort of just very sweetly. Like I, I you could tell that this was this this was a good like this could have been a really good ending point um for the series. Like they kinda of want and then like this one doesn't even end on a jump scare. Um it just sort of ends and the credits just go um yeah sydney's like confronted her past she she's kind of moving on patrick dempsey's kind of boring cop character is there and oh yeah i don't know if you caught this but when she makes a reference to like her husband mark in scream five patrick dempsey's character in this is named mark kincaid so oh yeah the implication seems to be just that it's him yeah it kind of yeah it kind of stinks um that the two detective characters, I feel like, I feel like they get like a little bit of banter. They could definitely get more banter than like the two, like, uh, bodyguard characters from two, um, that I think literally get like one scene of bantering right before the car crash. But yeah, like I, yeah, I, I do agree that like, yeah, definitely like, not given like a lot of like fun stuff to do. Yeah, like he he has some nice scenes with Sydney, but like it, it is something when something where he just kind of seems there for a lot of it and you're like okay and he's kind of there because they have to do that could it be the boyfriend again like could it be this cop yeah exactly like i think i said earlier that like the 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 top and bottom of this franchise probably have some of the the most fun boyfriend characters where the middle is just a little a little boring yeah but you have anything else to say on screen three just yeah um just uh like a really a really sweet uh sweet ending of the original three um yeah just oh it ends on like sort of an open door um and then she doesn't even go to she doesn't lock it so like it's sort of like sort of supposed to signify like oh it's it's finally over over um yeah really neat until it wasn't over over (laughs) over a little over a decade later um so screen four so going into like yeah kind of the meta-ness of the thing emma roberts famously the niece of julia roberts getting cast to play the cousin of like a more famous person is just a really good bit (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that is like really fun um 
sort of have like the protagonist just be sort of related. Um, I was really happy that this wasn't just like a hard reboot. Um, also, like the beginning bit is also like really funny. Because <laughs> yeah, it, this is maybe one of my favorite beginnings. Yeah, it's essentially like a double fake out where like it's people watching Scream Six, but it's actually people. It's actually Scream Seven, but people are watching Scream or Stab Seven. Uh, I think it has probably. I think the funny. I think the the line that made me laugh the hardest in all of the Scream um, fiveology um, is when it's when there's like the first sort of like cut to like oh they're just watching a movie and it's like oh that's so unrealistic like really like a Facebook killer like and them going like oh yeah I guess it would be Twitter now. Um, that's just such a funny, a funny line with a funny delivery. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just like, um, it's such a fun, like twist and sort of meta, like way to open this movie that I feel like is like very appropriate given it being like the reboot and then sort of like, I think the second movie goes into it a little bit more, but sort of like the commenting on like reboots and like, um, like revivals as like a concept. And, like, especially yeah. commenting on, like, the meta-ness of its own series. Yeah. I'll, I'll say, yeah, the, the Stab movies, like, this opening's great. I think the it does kind of screw, make it a bit weird with the fifth one, where the fifth one, there there's apparently just been, like, a Stab 8. But they make comments that implies that Scream 4 was adapted into a movie somehow, but this is, like, 7, but... Sure, there's you know some e- yeah. easy way to like explain it. I, yeah, I think... Also, they imply that like Sydney is in like Scream Five. They imply that the character of Sydney Prescott is in almost all the stab films, and then but then this one is full on. They're like, oh, they had to just start making stuff up because Sydney threatened to sue after the third one. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you could theoretically still have a uh, Sydney Prescott yeah. around as long as it didn't, yeah, didn't uh, wasn't connected to the original in any way, but like, a name. Also, one of the stabs involves time travel, which is, like, a funny <laughs> joke to the idea of, like, uh-huh. these screen movies always threatening to maybe get supernatural before going, no, no, it's just, like, regular people running around killing each other. Yeah, like, and I think there's, like, I think there's a pretty funny throwaway line in the in the next one about, like, yeah, after step five, they really fell off the rails. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is, is a pretty funny line to put in. But yeah, um, yeah, step four, um really really fun um uh second i'm trying to it's really i watching these in a marathon does come with the the problem of that a lot of information like sometimes gets like crossed um usually like a quick uh a quick sort of like refresh of the wikipedia page sort of sets things back in motion um yeah sort of in this one uh dewey is like now the town's sheriff um, like him and Gail are married, but like there's like a lot of like tension there. Um, Sydney Prescott's character has like wrote a book based on all the events. Um, there's like a pretty funny gag where like nobody, almost nobody has read it. <laughs> um, there's like several characters that are like, oh, I haven't got the time to read it. Um, I haven't got around to reading it. Um, and I thought I, I, I was making like a prediction. I was like, I wonder if that's going to play into like the twist at all. Um, it didn't. It was just sort of like a fun little throwaway thing. Yeah. And it's a movie 
I remember, this is the one where I didn't see any of the original kind of three screams. Like, as it came out, I was like a kid and was unsure about horror movies. And then this one came out around the time when I was graduating high school. And I remember being, like, interested in it, especially with the idea that they did kind of lean into the idea of, oh, it's a it's a reboot. Here's, like, new high school characters. Here, this what person's, like, standing in for, like, Sydney. And, he, and like, here's, like kind of she has her friend who knows a lot about like movies but then there's also these two guys and everyone's filming everything because that's what you do now in like the 2000s like it's yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah and like oh man um yeah the i i really liked the villain in this one i feel like this is like really really fun like sort of like the sort of hospital like final setting is like incredible like what a I was really like surprised by how much I super enjoyed it. It's like I feel like it's like um I feel like it's the first time since like the the first movie that we got like a really really strong last scene. Yeah. It's a sequence that works cuz uh, obviously yeah if you've never seen Stream 4 and and hopefully you've been watching some of these films but the, this is one, one of the ones where like uh yeah. Actually I don't think I quite knew, knew who the killer was going in which is good cuz it is, it is like, a really good reveal, because the idea is all the marketing sets up. Like, oh, yeah, Emma Roberts, she'll, she can be the new star, she'll, like, carry these films. And then the twist is her character is, the is like, the killer. And she's, and she and, like, the other guy, Rory Culkin, the third Culkin brother. <laughs> Just, like, which also, I guess, goes into a, a joke. Just these two two people who are, like, we can reboot this and we can make ourselves the stars until she like betrays him. Cause she's like, the media loves a soul survivor. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's such a neat little subversion where like the killer, I feel like in all of these, it's sort of somewhat the killer trying to like, not directly, but sort of like kind of try to copycat the last person or the original one. Whereas this person is trying to do that, but also set themselves up to be like the, the final survivor. It's such, it's such a really, I feel like it's like the perfect, um, the perfect take for like a, a revived franchise. Yeah. And then it's also like pretty, as much as the films kind of make fun of the idea that they do social commentary on, oh, fa- Facebook now or whatever, it does want to be a pretty good social co- commentary on the idea of how easy it is to be like famous in the internet age and how we latch on to these like stories and this like yeah yeah this trauma trauma and stuff (laughs) yeah and like uh one of the movies it's like it almost comes around back again to being um a little funny but i feel like this movie definitely has way too many scenes of like a person getting a call the caller id saying like it's somebody else and it being like it being clearly ghostface and them going like who is this why is this but it'll happen like five times in a row and care even like well into like the third act characters still going like you're not jill (laughs) it's just really weird like this movie i think this movie like whereas the third movie introduced like the voice changer and like the bulletproof vest i feel like this movie introduced the the like i don't know if he like stole their phones or like hacked their phones but like him calling you from a line that doesn't show up that shows up as somebody else's oh oh yeah i mean that does come into like all all the films sort of the idea of Oh yeah, cloning cell phones, or that they have have people, or 
they're talking or someone's or the or they're talking to someone and they're like oh the killer cloned my phone but then that person is the killer yeah oh and also yeah i think i forgot to mention i meant to mention it during that um where i said i really appreciate how like each movie it feels like there's like a built upon from the last one i like the second movie um after like the traditional after like the theater opening there's like a part where um sydney gets like a call and like she has caller id and everything um i that's like that's just a cute little like piece of like like character growth um that i really appreciate um that kind of gets like played with a little bit in this one yeah okay so this is another film where like this one i think had a lot of exec a bit of executive meddling because suddenly you know even though the first three films are pretty popular and this was kind of the least successful of the screen films like i I think there was a plan to like make more that would have followed off from here and then it just like it didn't really do well enough like Scream 5 pretty much in its opening weekend made almost as much as this movie made in its entirety which is a shame because I think it's really good but there is originally going to be a thing that it was just going to end at the house and with Jill being kind of taken away and then someone was going to like shout that they had a woman alive, alive, and you were gonna be left wondering if it was Sydney or kind of the Kirby character, and then the film would have ended there, and the next one would have the setup of maybe Sin. It was Sydney, and Sydney would have amnesia, and she couldn't recall that like her cousin was the killer, and playing with that a bit. Oh, which... that could have been neat. Yeah, there there were some like things alluded to that because I think in the scene, like I think someone like tells like Jill like we're not sure if she's gonna remember anything about it. Um, I wonder if that was maybe, like, a, th- a line that was from, like, the original um, draft or just something they, like, that was just in the script because of that. Yeah. Well, I do think, like, the hospital fight is, like, really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, like, super duper strong. Yeah. With them. And then the only, on- on- one of the only real, I mean, ultimately Hayden Patton his character does survive, which, which is nice because Kirby is good. I remember being upset when like she gets attacked because you're like, no, just yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> no, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, but then her and then Dep and then Deputy Judy Hicks, who's just a really funny character with her like antagonism towards Gail. Like, like... <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's really super duper fun. Oh my gosh, yeah. and then also. Um... Like a bit of a side character, but Allison Bree's also in it, like kind of briefly, um, as a as Sydney's publicist. Actually, it's a lot of people where I'm watching. I'm like, oh right, this is kind of a who's who of who's around in like 2011. Even in the opening, it's like it's like Kristen Bell and Anna Paquin and uh, Pretty Little Liars, Lucy Hale and Friday Night Lights, Amy Teagarden, and just but all, all these. Again, all these kind of names there for quick little cameos before they get killed, and then. Hmm. Yeah, this was like this was one that like I definitely, I definitely went into this being like this is going to be like one of the weakest ones, um. But it ended up like it ended up doing like enough to like be super duper entertaining, um. Whether it's sort of like I don't, I don't super duper um. I don't super duper love like the, the sort of the Charlie and Robbie characters. I think they're supposed they're supposed to sort of be like the new, um, like sort of like the new uh, Randy's, Randy, but... yeah. But like I feel like 
Yeah, they kind of suck. Yeah, they kind of suck. They're kind of like that. Um, they're they're very much an archetype. Like I think we saw like parodies of them in like not another teen movie. They're just supposed to be like those like like weird annoying high school kid boys. Um, yeah. It's like and it's just like I don't know. I feel like there's, I feel like that is just a, a, a setback of the time when this movie came out. Um, I feel like that was just sort was of it, like the character you had to have in what in like a high school movie. Yeah. Also, like with Robbie walking around just filming everything, it's like I was there for the rise of YouTube. I do not remember this being a thing with them. Well, yeah, we're live yeah. streaming everything now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I do think the bit is funny where like Osace is going to kill him, and then like it's what well, he's being sincere and I was like, no, you can't kill me. I'm gay because like one of the reboot rules is. You, you can survive five of these if you're a gay, basically. Yeah, just... it, it, that's a pretty good bit. But yeah, no, I feel like yeah. yeah, I feel like it's like one of those things where like not only are they like not super duper fun characters, they're also like both kind of just the same character. They don't like play off each other at all, um, which is really unfortunate. Um, but yeah, like, but like, given everything, the context around this movie, um, I think it's something kind of we said near the beginning, but like, I think I, I want to reinforce it. Like, the legacy cast is always super-duper good and super-duper fun. Um, and they get, like, they, they pretty much get equal screen time to, like, the new people, which is, like, um, I have not watched many reboots, but I feel like that's sometimes not the case, is that they're sort of, like, a cameo. Um, and, like, uh, I, I like The Force Awakened, but I feel like Harrison Ford maybe isn't giving it his best in those sometimes. <laughs> um Whereas with this, I feel like everyone is like, like happy to be there and is like super like invested and in character. Yeah, I'll say yeah, Stream Four still ultimately is very much just like Sydney's story and like Dewey and G- Gale's ones as well. Where then Stream Five is kind of the one where they're more kind of have a backseat to the new characters. But yeah. I think that works works there because ultimately I do think the franchise could get to a point where like. Sydney won't even just come back for these anymore. It's just like, no, no. Like, it's... Like, yeah. I think the only reason you kill Arquette in 5 is because that's the only way you can have Sin. Uh, the only possible reason Sydney would ever return to this town. Like, it's... Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any more, any final thoughts about uh, Scream 4? Um, I feel really... I feel so bad for franchises that um have a fourth installment but don't have an a in their name so they can't do that cute little like the four is the a i feel really bad for franchises like that because uh, yeah. it is it is a it is a mwah, it is it is the it is the wilhelm scream of graphic design um <laughs> yeah yeah i love a good four a and honestly scream 2022 lost something by not making the s a five like, yeah and then ma- not making the e a three like there was there was so many opportunities <laughs> that they could have taken that they just didn't um <laughs> uh yeah but you know what they they did it for this one um probably because they thought this probably was going to be the last one um but it wasn't uh, cause there was a, a final, or not a final, there was a, a scream to come after almost a decade after the one that was almost a decade after the third one. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Scream 2022. I don't know why they don't just call it Scream 5. Yeah, and they make kind of a reference to where, like, why do they just call Stab 8 Stab again? Um, for uh, for simplicity's sake, I always just call it Scream 5, because it, it is Scream 5. It, yeah. It is directed by the... Because, yeah, as you mentioned, Wes Cra- Craven tragically passes away in 2015. Uh, this film does multiple kind of little tributes to him, from naming a character after him to essentially dedicating the movie movie to him, and instead of the last little Ghostface jump scare there, you get, like, Ghostface kind of present, bowing and presenting his knife, sort of, and stuff. Yeah, oh, that was really sweet. I, I really like, I didn't like that there was a jump scare at the end. I still didn't appreciate that, but it was a very, a very nice, cute jump scare. Yeah, but this is by, like, a trio of fil- filmmakers known as Radio, Radio Silence, um, specifically, yeah. Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillette, who directed the film Ready or Not a couple of years ago. Did you ever see that one? I have not. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I have not. Yeah, that, that's a fun one. It was one that kind of came out of nowhere and it was like really well received as like this kind of surprise August August little horror film. It's it's about like this newlywed who yeah she marries into this family and then learns basically it's part of a wedding night ritual they have that they play a game but basically because of the steal they made with the devil and the one they make is the one where she essentially the whole family is hunting her um and it yeah it it's an interesting film and this was one where i was ready for this to like not be that good um it like Again, just because you know, there's no, there's no Wes Craven, there's no Kevin Will- Williamson, like it, of the original, and I think the the teaser leans into a lot of bits from the opening, mainly with the smart house, where you're like, oh, is this now just gonna lean into it? Where it's like, it's Ghostface, he can get into your smart house now, even. But then, and and then it was getting like kind of good reviews, and I was still a bit skeptical, but I watched this in theaters opening night and had a great time with it, and then I'm like, man. If only there was a way we could cover these films on my podcast, <laughs> where I pitched this Scream Week to you. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. No, I was, I was, I've, I've always this whole marathon. I was always scared. I was always waiting on the Scream that I wasn't going to like very much. Um, and I was definitely, I think, I think I took a pretty big break between four and this one. Um, and I kind of came back after like an hour to come sit and finish it up, and I ended up super enjoying this one. Um, I think this one sort of, it has like really good banter. It's really funny. Um, it has some like really like, like brutal death is like the person getting stabbed, like through the cheek to the other side. Um, and it's just like, but like, I am, I am so shocked by how much it's also managed to say super true to like the core scream things. Like the fact that like he there the ghost face is just a human. Um like like they stumble when they run. Um like if you and I also like how like all of the legacy characters like have such like good they they're less like chase scenes and more like fights, um, when they're pitted against him. 
Um, especially like us. Yeah, it's like we just want to kill him and get it over. Yeah, with. like like I think I think him at Ghostface. There's like a scene near the end where Sydney and Ghostface just both go off, like fall down a flight of stairs together, and they're both just on the ground hurt. Um, like I think that's something that like the first movie understood, and like every subsequent sequel is super understood that like the part that makes it really exciting is that like they're such they're on such equal footing. Um, usually all that Ghostface has is like surprise and a weapon. Um, uh, yeah, like it's, and I, and this, this movie definitely like, I'm not sure how the next movie is going to do. Um, honestly, my favorite character was Dewey. Um, and this movie sort of, uh, he's, he dies in like such a, it, I, man, I was so they give him a brutal death. Like he stabbed from like both sides and like lifted up. Um, yeah. Oh my god! And like there's like it's such. I think he's like the only character given like a slowed down sort of sad scene with sad music. Um, every other character just sort of dies, and then you find then the characters find out they died in the next scene. But he's given like a proper like oh my gosh kind of moment. It does kind of seem the thing because Arquette's one of the original. So if you're killing an original, you can't just make that like a quick scene. Yeah. Yes. And also because he's been stabbed so many times, maybe that's where they're like, well, if we don't do it twice, then no one's going to believe yeah, that he's... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also uh, I also have to give props. You have to give props, whether you love it or hate it, to a series um, that makes you go, <gasps> a party. Um <laughs> like i I, like having that gut reaction um like having this this movie has 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 um has like uh has pavlovian dogged me into like being like oh no no don't go to a party what are you doing um so that that's i that was really fun and i also um oh i'm trying to remember the name of the actress who sort of she sort of filled in like sort of the new um the sort of Randy role in this one. Um, um, oh yeah. Uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown. Yeah. On my beloved yellow jackets. Yeah. She's like one of the leads there. It's... Oh, like she, oh my, like if everything, like she is just so, she's perfect. Like she's like the perfect Randy substitute. Um, yeah. Like much more than the previous films. Like, like, um, and there's, there's that incredibly fun scene where like, she's watching the character portraying randy watching a movie going like oh behind you behind you um as she's going oh behind you behind you um and that's just like it's just another sort of like ah uh, just a, a what this like what this movie is built upon is seen is scenes like that um like that's what the, that is like one of the key motifs of scream um and yeah she... and the fact that she actually does turn around in time is like also just really nice yeah, no, I was I was glad glad like she survived. Like I don't know if I needed both both of them to live. Though, you know, it's nice when she's giving the little thumbs up to her brother, who's like getting in pretty bad shape too. But it's nice. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, oh good. She she gets out of there, and it is also a good bit where her brother just cannot hook up with like his girlfriend at this park because he's like, I'm so not sure if you're the killer. And then she's like, you're you're so weak. I'm gonna like hook up with like her, like you know, like her little like yeah, and. I like it's not even like her proper love interest it's just some other girl at this party who she's like yeah we're gonna hook up i think and then the, they're just making out until like they leave like it's <laughs> yeah. yeah 
Um, yeah, no, that scene where like <laughs> he like rejects her because she might be the killer is so funny. Um, yeah. Also, something this movie like plays on that the other movies didn't play on as hard, um, and it only it only kind of comes up near the end is like the sheer amount of uncertainty of who the killer is. Um, uh, to the point where um, I think like Sam's character. I think there's, like, a scene where, like, she's, like, not sure to untie her sister in the closet. Um, or his cousin, I think. Um, no, it's a... Or no, his, they're sisters. Oh, okay, it's... wait, is she... What's her... Wait, is she... Is Sam's character related to Sydney? No, it's... Or she... No, she's... No, Sam. Sam's character is, as she kind of reveals is Billy Loomis's illegitimate daughter. That's what and it is. I, I, she sees yeah. in similar, in similar to screen three, having Cindy seeing kind of visions of her mother, like there, she's seen like visions of her dad, like yeah. DH Skeetal rich, like just <laughs> in, like kind of in the mirror. And it's like her concerns that, Oh, am I going to be like my dad? Which yeah. I think gives the film like an effective emotional arc in a way that these movies don't always have. Um, since the first one but yeah yeah exactly no 100 percent. but yeah but yeah it was at a point where i was like pretty sure that mikey madison's character was going to be it but even even that in that last scene when they're arguing i wasn't totally sure right up until like she pulls the gun shoot where she just pulls pulls the gun shoots live and goes welcome to act three and I was like, yeah! <laughs> I did not suspect her even, like, a little bit. I was, like, I... I was waiting for, like, something completely different. Um, but whole... It, it's... Um, I'm trying to remember. It's her... And who's the other character that ends up also being the... Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Jack Quaid. Son of Randy Quaid. Oh! Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's sort of yeah, it's sort of. Oh no, not Randy Quaid, a uh, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. <laughs> yeah, and it it's sort of this movie sort of it, there's a lot of like harkens back to like the very first one. It takes place in like the same house, and even sort of like their taunting yeah. is like very similar to like the first one, where they're sort of they're just both covered in blood, and like I their motivation is that they just they're really tired of of stab movies like sucking. And they need to essentially create more murders so the movies have more source material, which is a really interesting motivation. Um, I also like there's like a scene early on in the movie where like a character is watching a YouTube video, and it's essentially just like a YouTube like reviews being like, yeah, stab eight. It's like they're not even like based off like anything real anymore. They sort of like they're just making stuff up now, and it's really hurting the movie, and there's, like, there's, like, a character with, like, a flamethrower on his back with, like, two, like, hook swords. He's, like, swinging back and forth. Um, yeah, that was Matthew Lillard as the chrome ghost face. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's really good. Uh, yeah, but that is a bit, and I'll say one of the things, as I mentioned, is legacy sequels aren't as big a thing in, like, horror so this film ultimately does become a bit about the star wars franchise to the point where ryan johnson who directs the last jedi a movie we're going to talk about like event eventually that uh, that i love a lot but that had similarly toxic fan like reception they have him just directing stab eight 
and he was going to like make a cameo, but then it didn't work out with the production for like Knives Out Two. So, oh yeah, yeah. But it is an interesting thing. And originally, when I seen this invaders, I'm like, all right, I'm like, do we need to have them go? Oh, elevated horror, or oh yeah, the the Knives Out guy. But then watching Screams Four, where they're like, oh yeah, the the Saw Saw movies, they're not as creative with their kills as the Saw movies. Or Kirby literally just naming every major reboot of the last, like, ten years. I'm like, okay, yeah, it is in the series' DNA for them to be this obvious about what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, very, <laughs> very on the nose. <laughs> but, but yeah, th- this is a film, and say, Ra- yeah, Randy Quaid, or Jack Quaid, I just think it is really funny how, like, they lean into the idea of Almost immediately, Dewey's like, well, you're the boyfriend, I'm not gonna trust, you shouldn't trust him, like, and, of <laughs> course, this is only, like, the second Scream film where it is, in fact, the love interest, who's, like, the the killer there, but it does work, because they, they alternate between making him so suspicious, but it's always just funny, where it's like, where were you? It's like, I was watching Netflix! You're like, uh-huh, just, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's so good and like i don't know i also think he's um the quaid he's also like i think he gives like a very fun performance even like before the reveal um i just really like i don't know his character's really funny um yeah yeah um oh I, I didn't know this that apparently um uh so james a Jan- Genesee and chelsea rebecca a host of the youtube channel dead meat i do watch them from a time to time we're actually the fictitious uh people talking about this the new stab movie in the movie um yeah. <laughs> that's really neat yeah uh, i really like that yeah that was, that was a fun li- little nod and yeah and then another yeah oh yeah another thing i'm not sure if you've p- picked out uh, up on this band but um do you yeah or did you recognize the actress who played amber from anywhere um, I did not. Who? So, yeah. So, she is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as the Mason cultist who gets set on fire. Oh! Which makes it incredibly <laughs> funny when at the climax of this film, her character is set on fire. Yeah, that's really good! Oh, that's super duper great. Oh, man, I like that. I like that they were also, like, the little, like, passing of the torch line, too. Um, yeah, no, I... I, I was really happy with my little toe dip into the... Or I guess not toe dip. I guess fully submerged into... <laughs> toe dip? We watched five pieces. <laughs> well, there's apparently a whole Scream series. Um, I don't know if I'll watch that. Um, I've already... I finished Walking Dead Season 1, finally. Um, uh, so I don't know if I have much time to squeeze in a whole nother TV show. Um, yeah. yeah, no, like... I I really like when I when I sort of indulge myself in like a it was like with this and also like with Twilight and end up having like a really good time, um, like I I'm very happy to sort of uh, sort of see this sort of like horror icon and then watch it sort of from uh from from its like first inception to sort of its 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 most like literally a couple months ago um, incarnation. Yeah. And that's something I thought, thought was fun, too. Like, I think this is a weirdly focused episode for us, because we are just talking about, like, one thing the whole time. But <laughs> it, 
it's a thing that I think has a lot of interesting permutations and like oh and it's just fun the entire time. Um Yeah. Do you have any other sort of final thoughts about uh either Scream twenty twenty two or just anything you thought you might have missed about the the Scream Pantheon? Yeah, just yeah, just Scream 5, I think, again, has maybe the strongest cast since the first one. Uh, Melissa Barrera, who is in the Heights, yeah, who is in In the Heights as, like, Vanessa. So, you know from that part that went viral on TikTok, because she's, yeah. I think she's, like, really good as Sam. Yeah. Jenna Ortega, who's been having a year where I think... By the time March is over, she will have been in about, like, four different movies that have come out. Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> she's really good as... She's really good as Tara. Um, oh, yeah. The the bit. This one. It doesn't... Uh, I'll say, like, again, no, not a huge body count, but I do think they try and make the, the kills count. And the one that's really funny is the guy, Dylan Manette's character, Wes, um when they when they do it where it's after his mom has like died but we're pretty sure Ghostface is still at the house and they do in a similar bit to the constant phone call fake outs in stream 4 just a, a lengthy sequence of him walking from room to room of his house and then making it look like Ghostface is going to appear in frame but he doesn't yeah oh, that's oh that is one of my absolute favorite scenes um <laughs> Oh, it's so it's so good, so on brand. Yeah, also also the bit, and we'll get into our rankings in a second. But I do think it's, I do think the reveal of the house is good, and you know, Scream Three does kind of a similar bit where they have the movie sets with like the recreated house. But, yeah, and it was even, but even then, when like Sydney and them were like, "Wait, why are they there?" That's where I'm like, "Oh, is this gonna be the house?" and it, and and it was, but I do think it's funny when like Cindy and Gail are getting there. How 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 just fed up they are in their performances and how on brand they are. That the moment Amber like runs out, she's like, "Oh, help! Help! He's trying to kill me!" And they're like, "Well, this is clearly a trap." And she immediately is like, "Oh!" and just starts shooting at them. It's like a really good yeah. bit. Yeah, it's, no, I I'm I'm both excited and terrified for the next Scream movie. Now that I am a that I am a, a certified scream fanatic um because like i it's really tough because i feel like i feel like the legacy is like such a big part of these movies to like totally veer off is going to be it's either going to be like it's either going to be very good or very mediocre um which is which is uh going to be interesting regardless yeah i'm not sure if they can if they can keep making good screen movies forever, but hey, they made five screen films, and I enjoy all of them. That's like a win on its yeah, own. Yeah, that that is, it is baffling. It is is truly baffling. Um, I was I was fully ready to like enjoy the first one and slog through four movies, um, but these are all like super duper great. I really wish I I gave myself a little more time though, because I really did want to watch Scary Movie One and then also um, Cabin in the Woods. Um, just so, like, cause I just wanted to have, like, more things to say about, like, like, meta horrors. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, I think we got, yeah, we've hit all our bases, though. 
all that's left to do is to rank these things. So we'll give our like franchise rankings first, and then our killer or killer team rankings. Yeah. So for my franchise, um, I hope I hope throughout this podcast we've sort of gotten across the idea that like we love all of these. Um, like the bottom of the list, like is is no no shame whatsoever. Um, but I think at the bottom, I think I do have um, Scream Four. Um, I think it's it makes sense. It's like a reboot after ten years, um, that like had like a lot to had a lot of work to do, um, and like I'm glad that like I feel like that I feel like all the follies I have with it were very much solved in five, um, and then above that one I think I would have um, Scream Two. Just because I feel like a big aspect for me is like sort of the quippy banter and like how fun that is. And I feel like this one really dropped the ball on that one and that part in particular. Um, uh, and then above that one, I think I'm going to have Scream 5. Um, yeah, I feel like it fixed a lot of the issues I sort of had with Scream 4 in that like... Um, I think like there's a lot of things that like I kind of wish were like a little a little uh more meta and i like i kind of like the i like the use of the legacy characters in five a little more um and then above that i would have um scream three uh because i really like the hollywood setting i really like sort of the characters portraying characters and above i think i would have scream one um i think scream one has like the least like source or like i said no like source material that had no foundation to stand upon yet it ended up being this like really fun um like iconic slasher um and it, it set up it set up so many so much motif so many motifs for the other movies to play off of yeah yeah uh my rankings are uh different in some respects uh, but definitely Oh, yeah, I'll say I I also have the original, like, the original Scream is kind of unimpeachable, I think. It's, like, one of my favorite movies ever made. It's just really, really good. So, I guess, uh, I'm sort of at the bottom, but yeah, it's it's building to the same conclusion, but at the bottom, I have Scream 2. Um, it's, again, it's really good, I enjoy it a lot, but just, uh, I think it's one where whatever rewrites they had to do... They kind of maybe make it weak a bit. Like, it's... Yeah, and I enjoy it, just not as much as, like, the others. Then above that, I have Scream 3. Just classic end of trilogy. All the stuff with, like, the fake actors is really fun. Villain, uh, villain maybe not so much, but that's a whole separate ranking thing. Um, Then, yeah, above that, Scream 5. Like... Just really a film I enjoyed it a lot more than I ever expected to. It's, yeah, it, it's just really good, and I like it a lot. And I, there are some people who are like, well, it's not really that scary, but honestly, I don't find any of these films that scary. Like, I, it takes a lot to scare me in a movie. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, I just appreciate the craft, and I think this is, like, well-crafted, but... Yeah, and he, even if it, maybe it could be a little less about like Star Star Wars, like I do do think like the villains be just being like t- 
toxic fan culture is really fun and relevant and yeah really good movie above that scream 4 um as much as like i don't don't think everything in it works it is a film that i just de deeply love i like it is like a good i think revisiting of the characters even with various script changes uh i think the the motivation is just really fun and it works well as something that's kind of a reboot, but also just the fourth Scream movie. And yeah, Scream at the top. But how did the Killers do? Yeah, um, so for the Killers, um, so I think at the bottom, uh, I think I'm going to have Scream 3. Um, just because it's sort of the first one where it was only one guy. And like, again, I think yeah, because of like the... A lot of like the rewrites i would have really liked what they sort of had originally planned i think you said with um wasn't it with um matthew's character coming back um i think there was something like that i think that would have been a little more interesting i think it falls a little flat um but rightfully so and then i think whew, it's really really tough i think above that i think i have actually the first uh scream movie um, I think the performances are like really, really good, um, especially Matthews um, and Skeet as well. Um, but it's also um, it's also the first movie, so like there there's like a little bit lacking in like the the kills department because it's a much more toned down because it was like the first one. Um, yeah, it's really it's really tough. I feel like it's not necessarily this one being bad. It's more like the other ones above it. I me liking a lot more. Um, I think above that, I think I would have sort of the um, uh, Scream Five. Uh, I think it's sort of the the reveal is so instant and fun, um, and sort of like yeah, like um, and then like also their reasoning is just really goofy. I think it fits really well within a Scream movie. Um, above that one, I think I would have the Scream 4 one, um, mainly just because of the last confrontation being so, like, like it being sort of split up into two acts, almost, in two parts almost, the hospital and the house. Um, and then, uh, I think above that one, I might just have to give it to Scream 2, just because I feel like it strikes a really good balance. I think it's being totally carried um, by the mom, actually. Uh, just because of how, like, goofy um, and, like, silly it is. Um, but it also probably, it being, like, one of... I like I like its little subversion. That it's, like, it's not this big esoteric sort of complicated, like, I'm your half-brother or I'm going to kill you to make more movies. It's just that like you killed my son and like i don't like being the son of a serial or mother of a serial killer so i'm going to kill you um i like i don't know that just really struck a chord with me wow yeah well that's it's a fun a fun ranking i like it yeah so um uh, yeah fine i have screen three at the bottom yeah it's Roman, it's alright. I think even if you had just had like the other actress playing Sydney also be the killer, I think that maybe elevates it a bit. But just on its own, you're like, eh, it, like 
It is interesting that they did try one where they're like, okay, there's only one killer, but just somehow la lacks the magic. Um, then, uh, well, I mean, I still think Scream 3 is really good, though. Um, then above that, I would have, ooh, yeah, this gets tricky, because I, I do lo love these all. Um, above that, I would probably put the Scream 5 reveals, like, it's, they're really good and really well, really well acted. I think Mikey Madison, when she does the little, no, no, I'm innocent. I was radicalized by message board. It's like bit, I think two or three times and it works really well. The Randy Quaid reveal. No, oh, I don't know why I keep saying Randy because that's not even the last one. The Jack Quaid reveal is like really, yeah, really well done where he's like, I know it's a bummer. It's me, but it, yeah. It's one where I just think the ones, uh, the ones above it are, yeah, kind of just better than above that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to the or originals. Like, they, they don't kill, kill as much, but I think they are, like, very effective. The climax of Scream is just thrilling, thrilling stuff, and... Yeah, Ulrich and Lillard really make an impression. Um, then, yeah, then above that, Scream 2. Yeah, it's mo mostly for, like, Mrs. Loomis, like, as much of it, as much of it is, uh, like, you know, maybe not well set up. She really does, I agree with you, Ben, really does, like, elevate that whole final sequence uh, Timothy Oliphant running around as a crazy person, also just endlessly fun. <laughs> so even though I think 2 is the weakest movie, it is one of the best villain reveals. But my number one, I gotta go with, like, the Scream, Scream 4. Just the the Emma, Emma Roberts is someone who, um, uh, I think after this, it's maybe more apparent. Like, if you watch Scream 4 for the first time now, maybe you're a bit more suspicious of her because... She becomes known for doing, like, American Horror Story and Scream Queens and playing more characters who aren't really, like, pleasant people. But before that, like, she was known for, like, a, a live-action Nancy Drew movie and then this Nickelodeon sitcom Unfabulous. So, like, this really was, like, a thing of having this character who, again, was just, like, a child actress and just a hero and then turn out to be like this villain and fame obsessed is really good the hospital sequence i think is just stunning and yeah R rory culkin does not so much but as you mentioned it's kind of one where in all the in all the teams except for actually it might be a point in like stream five and stream one's favor where both the killers are almost i would argue on equal footing but scream four yeah kind of takes it for me for the our little ghost face rankings there. Um. Yeah. And then um, obviously uh, the true winner of all of them is Robert L. Jackson doing a fantastic voice. I think we sung its praises a little earlier, but like just to do it again, like, like I don't know if these movies like work without like ghost faces voice being so good. Um, like, yeah. phenomenal it's just menacing enough yeah it, like it lands it every yeah, time it doesn't sound like a stupid demon like it sounds like a, a genuinely like scary person but it's also like 
it's also a little jovial as well, um, which is like makes it even a little more uneasy. Um, like, mwah, chef's kiss to uh, Roger L. Jackson. Roger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so that brings us to about the end of Scream Week. Now it's uh yeah, now it's time for recommendations of the week where we can recommend anything we want. Uh what you got this week, Ben? Yeah, so I was actually looking at um Robert L. Jackson's sort of uh filmography in his Wikipedia page, and I noticed he did um some uh SFX for a game called Brutal Legend that I really enjoy. Um, it's essentially like sort of this um, metal-based uh, open-world uh, kind of game. Um, it's like part open-world, part like kind of like real-time strategy game um, with Jack Black as like the main lead. Um, I think um, I think uh, Kyle Gass is also there as like a little cameo. Um, but Roger L. Jackson did the um, SFX on it. Um, I had to look it up because that it's also like a game where like music plays like a big part. So like I, that could have been an enemy and I didn't know. Um, but I think he just did like sound effect work. Um, I don't know how easy it is to find. I'm sure you might be able to find a disc copy of it on Amazon. But it's a super charming game. Um, like to worth worth like playing for like the writing and like act, like acting alone. Um, just, and also just such a fascinating, cool world to look at as well. That is my recommendation of the week. Oh, neat. Cool. So, uh, so I got, it's, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, no, I, I got, yeah, I'm going to recommend a different podcast that's not ours, go a bit off the beaten path but um it is currently on like i think a bit of a high high hiatus so can catch up on the first i believe there's about eight episodes but it's called normal gossip um the premise of normal gossip is each week the host reads a user submitted basically gossip story about like regular people i think names are changed but it's it's just if you like me, like just hearing crazy stories about people you don't know, little friends of friends, it's it it it's one like the yeah, like it's stories about like someone who like winds up in this friend group that kind of and then gets caught up in all the drama and stuff implodes, or someone who like moves into like a neighborhood complex and then develops a nemesis when she realizes that one of her na- neighbors there has lied about running a marathon or like one about like a, a girl's trip that goes wrong where it's like five people and each of them have planned a leg of the trip. And then one of them just abruptly ghosts them. And then also ultimately did not plan their leg of the trip. It's just, it's really fun stuff. I enjoy it a lot. So yeah, listen to normal gossip when you're done listening to this. Um, yeah. <laughs> and also, and, and the episodes are a lot shorter too than our re- routine two-hour-plus ones, so it's a bonus. Um, but yeah, but that takes us to plugs. What you got this week, Ben? Um, as always, I have my um my Twitter uh, at uh, gak gak, and then my Instagram 
uh, not two pens. Um, I think I have, I think I have my Instagram and my Twitter bio as well. If that's easier to find. Yeah, check his Instagram and go back several weeks to find his drawing, many different drawings of Ghostface. <laughs> <laughs> the guy from the scary movie. <laughs> the guy from scary movie. Which was the working title of Scream. So yeah. it all comes back. I also, I didn't read the article, so don't, if this isn't true. Um, but I, I did see an article that was like, I think it was, um, it was one of the Wayne brothers who was like, scary movie was stolen from us from the evil Weinstein brothers. Um, and I just thought that was a very funny title. Um, I never got a chance <laughs> to read the articles. I don't know what the validity to that claim. Um, I know at least one of the Weinstein brothers is probably evil. Um, I could probably take a safe guess. Uh, one of them is definitely <laughs> evil. Um, just... uh, and we've come so close to having an episode where we don't say anything bad. It's... Yeah. Um, so that <laughs> just, I just, that got me thinking of that. Uh, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at like a Wolverine. You can find me on Letterboxd at also like a Wolverine, or you can find a list of all the films we cover for best villains. Um, in, in regular play. Um, you can find this podcast on Twitter at Gold Popcorn Pod. You can follow our seldomly updated Instagram page at Pass the Golden Popcorn or send us an email at Pass the Golden Popcorn at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, if you don't like it, uh, hey, you're listening, so we still win. Um, <laughs> yeah. Our. Our theme song is by Matt Samard with a little Ben twist. Our art is by Ben with a little Ben twist. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, everything's a Ben twist. <laughs> so you, uh, just, we are on Friendly Mush. They have other podcasts. And all that's left to do now is to set up next week where we're going to tackle yeah, Best vi- best Villain 1997 and see what was getting nominated that, wa- that wasn't like Skeet All Rich and Matthew Lillard and Scream. And yeah, and join again by and we'll be joined again by our pal by our pal Jesse to talk yet another Jim Carrey movie and yet another film that Ben Stiller had a lot of involvement in. Um, though, so for nineteen ninety seven best villain, the nominees are Robert De Niro in The Fan, Edward Norton in Primal Fear. Kiefer Sutherland in A Time to Kill, Mark Wahlberg in Fear, and the winner, Jim Carrey, The Cable Guy. Yeah, I have, I've, I've only seen one of these movies, so it'll be, it will be interesting. I, I think almost, I think without fail, almost every time I scroll by The Cable Guy, I always think it's Larry the Cable Guy. Um... <laughs> I wish I I wish we could get um I'm not sure if he's I don't think he's ever plays a villain in a movie I know he's the hero of um the tooth the tooth fairy two um <laughs> and the hero of Jingle All the Way too <laughs> oh yeah and the hero of Cars too hey Just he's he's everyone's favorite sequel <laughs> hero oh man. I wonder who's everyone's favorite secret sequel villain is. 
Uh, but uh yeah thanks everyone for listening to our to scream week um this was super duper fun um yeah yeah keep keep passing that golden popcorn and you know just remember um never when when you're leaving a group of people in a horror movie situation never say i'll be right back yeah so me and kenny will be right back you podcast jump scare. <laughs> I would never do that to our viewers. Oh, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put one right there. I'm gonna put like a very. It's not gonna be too scary, but I'm gonna put a noise right there. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> There's the noise. <laughs> Goodbye, Bye, everyone. Everybody. And I think it's a really nice rule with these movies.